We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back to another episode of Outside Shots with Eddie Johnson. I'm Saul Bookman. Uh, we got a lot to get into today, but to start things off, because, you know, listen, you know, CP3 is the point god, um, and I figured, you know what, there's no easy way to transition to this. We got a Father's Day sale going on here at PHNX, which I think is fucking awesome. <laughs> so you should check it out this weekend. Uh, all of our gear is uh, buy one, get one half off for Father's Day. So if you have that person in your life you want to celebrate, please do. And uh, take advantage of the sale. Uh, as always, we are presented by OGsBrands.com, the best edible in the game. Uh, there's when is a lot. Father's Day. Father's Day is this Sunday. Uh, next Sunday. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. Father's Day is every day for me. Oh, is it? Oh yeah. Right, what do you mean? Like, explain. Spoiled every day, baby. No. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good for you. I'm happy for you. I mean, you only get one day out of the year. Don't you feel left out? No. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, no. I just don't. I just don't. You just like, get one day. I mean, I don't celebrate really, you as a father for I, one day. I, I mean, I don't really. Uh, hell no. I don't really celebrate. Celebrate me every day for being your daddy. Oh okay, look in your bank account. <laughs> Who, whose bank account? I'm talking to my kids right now. Uh, <laughs> Okay, got you, got you. Okay, well, um, CP3 is, you know, I, we're not even going to say no longer our son because he's not he's not technically off the roster at all. He's, he hasn't even been technically waived at all, um, regardless of what Crispy Haynes said yesterday. That's not official, and it's been confirmed several times by the team. So, um, got a lot of movement going on, a lot of moving parts. Your initial reaction when you heard this news uh, yesterday? I was on my radio show, Sirius XM NBA Radio, 1 to 4 Pacific time every day. Uh, I was shocked when I heard it because it, well, it came from nowhere. Like, normally I'm kind of privy. Have you not heard about this stuff? Uh, like I said, <laughs> the man. result. I got you. I got you. Not, got the, you. not, the, not the rumor, not the what could happen. I'm talking about if I knew – if it's going down, I can I can think I can get alerted by it and mm -hmm. I can find out a lot sooner than, you know, guys like yourself. Uh, you know, because, you know. I got ends. I don't know if you knew that. I know not. you have ends and <laughs> you have some locked outs too. <laughs> so it was a shock, Saul. It was. I, I mean, I didn't know that was coming. And then when I obviously did my research and – Talked to some people, it was like, no, that's not the case. You know, it's not an official transaction. Uh, but the way it came down, it looked like it. And I'll protect Chris Haynes, you know, who wrote, who I think he's uh, for uh, Bleacher Report. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he's the one that came out with it. Uh, you know, in this day and age of insiders, they always tend to want to beat the other to the mm -hmm. punch. And then a lot of times they don't even protect each other if the person maybe got something wrong. And that to me bothers me. Sure. Uh, 
you know, J.J. Reddick today on first take kind of, I know what you did, J.J. You were kind of going at somebody, you know, and then he's going to lift up Woj and say, Woj came out with the right story. Man, I've seen Woj jump to, jump to the forefront and make mistakes too, dude. You know, so I'm going to protect my boy Chris Haynes because it seems to me you were trying to go at him. No, it ain't happening on my watch. I think they all have a job to do. They all rush to judgment. Obviously, Chris Haynes got some information. It wasn't totally correct, or maybe it was, you know, a little propaganda involved. And uh, it made news quickly. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, I was shocked. Uh, But I understand, you know, Chris is making $30 million, uh, and he has a contract that says, you know, all of it is not guaranteed. You talking to a dude, man, that dealt with non-guaranteed parts of his contract throughout his whole entire freaking career. Mm-hmm. So it's nothing unusual to me. Uh, yeah. and, and so I'm not shocked uh, by it, uh, but I'm hoping that it can work out and Chris can still be a son uh, next year. Yeah. I mean, $15.8 million is what Chris Paul's going to get regardless of what happens, whether it be stretched out, whether it be with another team, uh, whether it be with the Suns, uh, guaranteed he's going to get that much money uh, no matter how the Sun plays. Um, now, the the thing that's left to be determined and what the rumor is is that the Suns want him back. Uh, Chris wants to come back. They just got to make sure that the the you know the structure is right, and um, you know obviously there's rumors out there of Chris coming back on the vet minimum, uh, which would make it about three million dollars, and, and then his total salary would be about eighteen. If he goes to another team, let's just say somebody picks him up off of waivers, well that team would owe him the full thirty million dollars because they have picked up that option uh, because it would be uh, the by the or after the June twenty eighth uh, deadline. Right. So uh, so there's a lot of things to be determined obviously as we go forward and i know chris wants to get a quick resolution to this but i'm here to tell you i just don't see that happening because there's still other options that the suns have at play in terms of maybe trade movements um you know and and i know this and you tell me if i'm wrong eddie being in that building being a former nba player um because of the longevity of chris paul's career the suns are not going to put him in a position that he doesn't want to be in uh, if they can avoid it, right? They're not going to trade him to the Wizards because they want, you know, a good return or they want, you know, or San Antonio if, if Chris doesn't have any interest in going to those places. I think by and large, Chris wants to either go to a championship, you know, level organization to possibly win a ring or he wants to stay on the West Coast, mainly the Clippers, Lakers, or the Suns, I think, are the three that he, he would see fit. You tell me if I'm wrong in terms of, the Suns approach and trying to do right by a player of Chris's caliber. Well, of course. I think, you know, when you get older uh, in this league and, you know, like I know I played till I was 40 and at the end of my career, I wanted to go to a team that had a chance to win. And Indiana Pacers, you know, didn't make it easy for me. They traded me to Denver and Denver was acting like they were going to keep me. And I was like, no, I'm not staying. Dick Mata was the coach. And I said, Dick, no, I'm not staying. And by the way, I don't have anything under my warm-up. So I'm not playing. It's a true story. <laughs> it's a true story. I didn't have anything under my warm-up. We were down in Miami. I said, I'm not playing. I said, I need to leave. You got young forwards. I need to be out. It's not comfortable for me here. You're not going to play me. I'm not going to ride at the end of the bench. I still can play. So just give me an opportunity to leave. And they dragged and dragged, and eventually they released me. And Dick Mata tried to actually put me in the game that night. And I told him, he, he laughed about it after. He said, Eddie, I was just kidding. Because I did not have anything on under my warm-up. Wait, 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 you just had like street clothes on? I just had my warm-up on. <laughs> and some underwear. <laughs> True story. <laughs> the guys on the team, the Denver team was cracking up. Oh Bonzo my Ellis, gosh. Antonio McDice, they, were all, they all got a kick out of it. You lucky you didn't have like just like a lapse. You know, like it's just routine, right? They call your name. You, you know what I mean? Like, no, I knew I wasn't playing. Well, I, I didn't. I didn't have socks on, man. I know, but still, I, like, had, I didn't even have socks. Like that on. muscle memory might have kicked in, and you're just like, oh yeah. Oh, I worked out before the game because I knew that Pat Riley and Eric Spoelstra, they all wanted to look at me uh, warm up, and I warmed up. Uh, went out there, went through a workout. They were sitting there watching because they knew that I didn't want to be there, 
And and so Alan Bristow was the GM of the Nuggets then, and he and I didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And I told him, I said, I'm not playing for you. I'm at the end of my career. I retire. I don't care. I need to leave here and try to have a chance to go somewhere else. And they eventually did, and I signed with Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, Chris is at the end of his career. He's put his time into this league. He's been tremendous. And I think, yeah, at the end, you want to at least make right by a player that really helped the organization go to the finals two years yeah. ago, play at an MVP level. So, of course, James Jones is going to try to do what's right for Chris uh, in that regard. But then Chris has to know, and he does, that he's at the end of his career and the league waits for no one. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, you Chris probably will go down as one of the highest paid players in the history of this game over a period of his career. So nobody's going to feel sorry for him on that end. I think well, people would love to see him have an opportunity to win a title. And uh, hopefully it can work out to where he's still here. Compensation-wise, I think, you know, Chris Paul I don't think is a $30 million a year type of player anymore. Uh, I do believe he was when he was, you know, the first couple of years he was with the Suns. I, and I, I think – Chris could see that. Um, I would be shocked if a team out there on the market picks him up on waivers at that that salary. That's a lot of money to pay for a player um, who at this point of his career, uh, you don't know if you're going to get a full regular season out of. And then more importantly, if you were to get to the playoffs, you know what his reliability would be in the playoffs because we've seen it for three straight years here, how, uh, how up and down that has been. I think he's somewhere in between, and I think the eighteen to twenty million dollar range is something a, a team can 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 swallow, and they can they can be satisfied with. They, I think, the three million dollars that the Suns would 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 pay him on the veteran minimum, plus the fifteen that they would already owe him. I I, I see it highly likely that he would come back. Um, at a lower rate Uh, and you know with the additions of other things that might happen and moves that might happen with you know you know there's rumors of DA being out there and uh, you know being a possible trade uh, candidate and whoever you can bring in I think bringing Chris Paul back is a solid move for the Suns now I don't think you can position this team as three or uh, you know a threesome or a foursome of of solid players because of the inconsistency in a, in different ways with DA and Chris Paul mm-hmm. so you need to find somebody else that's going to be able to come in and be a solid contributor on a more consistent basis uh, to help out the other two in KD and Devin Booker and I think that's that's going to be the biggest challenge for the Suns this offseason, whether Chris Paul's in the fold or not. Yeah. Well, obviously, they're going to make some additions uh, to the team. And trust me, it's going to be a lot of players. You know, it's not a lot of it's not a ton of top notch players out there that's going to be free agents. But it's a lot of guys in the middle class that can help this team. Uh, Suns have two tremendous players and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And DeAndre Ayton is still in uniform. No matter what you say about him, he is definitely a top echelon center in the league. Uh, And so when you have that kind of talent, now you just got to build around it. And so keeping Chris Paul, adding to the point guard position, uh, you know, where he doesn't have to play a ton of minutes to have security there, uh, a little bit more physicality at the forward position. Mm -hmm. All those areas, I think, need to be shored up. And I'm not talking about physicality, physicality and size, right? Length, as I would say, uh, because I think they need that kind of guy to protect Devin and, and Kevin Durant. So some things that they have to show up, and I'm sure they will uh, in that regard. But, uh, you know, yeah, look, this, this is a short window with the Chris Paul situation. This has to come to a head here in the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So... I'm sure Chris would like to have it happen in a decision made here in the next few days, but it's definitely going to happen in the next few weeks. And so uh, this is something that, you know, we will see evolve here over the next few days. Uh, you know, there's there's been a lot of things out there. We have a Super Chat, actually, uh, by the way, uh, by HM. Super Chat says, glad we get to hear the smooth shooter in the offseason now. Yeah. They're, they're, they're happy to have you. Uh, Thank during, you. During the season and the offseason. So, uh, but... In addition to to all the CP3 news that happened, and we'll have more on on the moves and the possible scenarios uh, later on today on PHNX Suns, uh, is the fact that you know just a couple of days ago, 
Frank Vogel was hired as the new Suns head coach. Uh, and then obviously uh, they confirmed that Kevin Young will remain on the staff in addition to David Fisdale. Uh, I think so far, if you're looking at what the Suns have done on that bench, um, I think it's been a solid job. I think it's been a very good job. I think Frank Vogel coming in, having that championship experience, and really the experience of dealing with with high-level personalities like LeBron and AD, uh, Paul George in the past, um, can only help this franchise and, and really Devin Booker and Kevin Durant get to the next level in terms of winning this franchise's first championship. And then you throw in Kevin Young and David Fisdale. Uh, what I know a lot of people know you know, basically everything they're going to know about Kevin Young. And we've talked about Kevin Young. Uh, we, we'll get to Frank Vogel in a second. But what about David Fisdale? What do you know about David Fisdale and why is he such an important part? Uh, and really, why did why did why do you think Matt Ishbia spent the kind of money that it required to get somebody of his caliber on that bench? Well, let's be honest. Uh Sometimes you got to have a combination of, of, of coaches, not even just coaches, like even in a, a company, uh, a corporation. You need, a, you need people that can reach people uh, in a way that others can't. Uh, and let's face it, David Fisdale is a guy that has dealt with a lot of upper echelon players in his career as a coach. And he tends to, he knows how to communicate. So he'll be able to communicate with Devin and Kevin Durant in a different way than Vogel can. And you have to have that, that difference in voices around the yeah. team. And, and like I said, he has been a guy that's, that's you know, he was down in Miami. Uh, he, you know, he obviously coached in Memphis. Uh, he's been around up echelon, high quality players that, Sometimes you have to reach them with a different way. And sometimes the head coach is is not the one to do it. That's why you bring in assistants. I think, you know, the Kevin Young, I know you're going to talk about him, but he has a good relationship with Devin. Mm -hmm. Like, you, you, you know, for Frank Vogel, he would love to come into a situation where he doesn't have to be the guy that's doing everything. Like a head coach shouldn't have to. That's why, you know. In this day and age, they got 30 damn assistant coaches over there, yeah, which I true. think is too many. I don't care what anybody say. I totally disagree with it. When I played, we had two damn assistant coaches. When you got all these damn voices in your ear and all this different, you know, and I know they try to separate it. I know they try to cut down guys from communicating with players, and I know they separate players and put them with certain coaches. But still – those other coaches will find a way to get to you because they're trying to climb the ladder. Yeah. And when you're hearing all these damn voices, man, it would have driven me crazy. I was like, man, get out my face, dude. <laughs> I'm only going to hear something from one or two people. That's it. You're driving me crazy. And so I think it's good that they brought in Fisdale to give a different look with Vogel. Look, Vogel probably would admit that in L.A. at the end, it was very difficult in regards to communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Russell Westbrook scenario, uh, back and forth, Vogel having to deal with that stuff every day instead of actually dealing with his team. He doesn't want that. He's a very good coach. He doesn't need that, man. He needs to be able to show up, practice, teach, coach, and have great assistants that can help him put out fires around him. And he doesn't have to deal with that. So a coaching staff is important, man. And so I, I love the addition of Fisdale. And uh, I think that was a tremendous move. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, and again, back to Frank Vogel, you know, I, I think one of the things that I like about Frank Vogel is his versatility um, defensively. Uh, he's going to try and take advantage of your weaknesses. That's something that everybody keeps pointing about, uh, about Spolstra. And I think Frank Vogel, to some degree, can also uh, can also do that as well. The biggest thing right now, and and I think this is going to be after the CP3 stuff. Obviously, Da is going to be prevalent in terms of you know whether the Suns keep him, if they try to trade him, if they try to move him. Is Frank Vogel's ability to move his big pieces? Uh, you know, we've seen it with with Hibbert. We've seen it with AD. Um, he likes to have those those uh, rim protectors. DA did not have a good year last year, point blank. That's just, he had good moments, but he did not have a good year. And when you are a center 
and you were outside of the top 40 in block shots for the entire season and multiple guys on your own team that don't even play the center position were ahead of you on that list, that ain't good. And so I'm very curious to see if DA stays on this roster, um, what Frank Vogel is going to be able to pull out of him. Because I, I, I will say this, for the amount of money that DeAndre Aiden is, and you do have to look at the money versus the production. It's just that's the nature of the business. You're not getting what you need out of out of out of one of your quote unquote star players. And I'm really, really anxious to see if Frank Vogel is going to be able to do anything with DA in order to get him to a level where he's consistent and really representative of what he did in that 2021 playoff series for the most part, consistently. You know, I mean, when you say, you know, what Vogel can get out of him, no, no, it's what DA is willing to give up. Uh, and it comes a point in time where, you know, he's a professional. Yeah. And so the coach shouldn't have to, one thing, get you in shape. This is, these are things a coach doesn't have to do. Okay, you should do it. You should always show up in shape. That's your job. I never, I played, I played 18 years. I never showed up out of shape. I was never out of shape one time in my basketball career. Mm -hmm. Okay. From high school all the way 18 years in the NBA. I was always at my weight. I was always in shape. I ran every day. I showed up. I ate right. I did everything I was supposed to do. A coach shouldn't have to do that for you. Secondly, a coach shouldn't have to tell you to be if you if it's practice at 10, you're there at least 45 minutes to an hour before. They shouldn't have to tell you that. You should know that that's what you're supposed to do. I'm not saying that's not what DeAndre has not done. I'm saying I'm just going through a line mm -hmm. of things yeah. that a coach should not have to worry about. Okay. Okay, and then thirdly, a coach should never have to worry about you not being in tune with the playbook and you not paying attention. Like all those things are there. And then third, a coach should not have to tell you to play hard. So with all those things I just said, mm -hmm. and if you're talented, right? And like, I wasn't athletic, but I did all those things. That's why I scored 19,000 points. That's why, I was very productive in my career because I did all those things. If I didn't do those things, I would have probably been out of the league. Mm -hmm. So if DeAndre does all those things and then show up and play lights out hard, he will be an all-star. Yeah. So it's really on him. It's not on Frank Vogel. Like Frank will put him in the places to be productive. But it's up to him. And I would say it about any player. Like, you know, the uh, coach is only there to really build off of what the package that you're bringing. Sure. And he should never tell you to do the things I mentioned. You well, should already have that incorporated into your mindset. Okay, I'm going to say this. And I, I'm going to ask you this just because – not because I'm trying to defend DA by any stretch of the imagination because I feel like you're right. About 99% of this is on him. I will say this, though. Do you think that sometimes a player can be in a situation and because of maybe the the environment or or the everybody adored the, the culture that Monty provided, but even even James Jones said that they needed a new voice. And I wonder if that new voice um, and Monty kind of wearing maybe D.A. down to, to a certain degree, D.A. just was not motivated to play hard for that guy. Now, I know as a professional, you should always play hard, right? Mm -hmm. But there is a human element, right? Like there's there's things, you know, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier, you know, like sometimes you're just in a situation and you're in an environment where you just do not feel appreciated. You don't feel valued. Uh, you feel like maybe uh, you're, you're a target of criticism constantly. And I wonder if there's any part of that that played into how DA performed um, or did not perform. Uh, is, do you think there's any merit to that at all? Of course, of course. I mean, look, I played for Cotton Fitzsimmons. Dude, my dude just screamed at me nonstop. 
but I was I was used to it because most of my coaches in my life were that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I just thought that was a part of coaching. <laughs> so I mean, I but I needed it. Uh, I played my best when I was irritated. I played my best when I was challenged. And coaches pretty much knew that about me. Coaches' job is to figure you out and how to approach you. I think Frank Vogel knows how to do that. Uh, he wouldn't be at this level if he didn't. And Monty had a certain way of really, you know, approaching DeAndre to get the best out of him. Now, DeAndre would have to go back and look at film and look at periods when he did play well. Was Monty really, like, focused on him and riding him and, and really maybe going overboard in film sessions, calling him out? And if that was the case, then look back at the quality of your play when he was doing that. Yeah. Some players need it. Some players don't need to be self-motivated. But, you know, big men in general tend to have to be that guy. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, yeah, I mean, maybe any coach's voice gets old. Coaches are hired to be fired, man. I say that, man. Everybody can't be Greg Popovich. They can't be Eric Spolster. Yeah. Okay, it's not going to happen. You hire that first day, you know you on borrowed time as a coach. And it doesn't matter what you've done. Monty got fired and he went to the finals a couple yeah. of years ago. Rick Carlisle got fired from Detroit, went to the Eastern Conference Finals. I think Lionel Hollins got, what, coach of the year or something like that? Or he went to the finals, he went to the conference finals, got fired in Memphis. George Carl, I think, got coach of the year, got fired. It does not matter. Yeah. Okay. It does not matter. Uh, you know, it just, you know, like, uh, you just know that's going to happen. And what you do is you just coach the way that you feel like you have to coach. And Monty coached the way he felt like he had to coach. And his voice went out. And now Vogel gets five years of opportunity to see what he can do with DeAndre. And I'm sure his ego is saying, I can make it work with him. Yeah. And so if that's the case, then DeAndre has to know that, that he's willing to do it, and that now he's got to go out there and get it done. I'm, I'm going to push back on a couple comments in the chat right now, okay? So number one, uh, P-Dog006, uh, he says, excuses are monuments of nothingness all. A lot of us have to work with terrible bosses, DAs and special, life is hard, deal with it or move on. And then Chris Lopez says, you can't be paid millions of dollars and not feel valued and, and, and quote, not, uh, and, and feel, quote, not valued. Um, I'm going to disagree with that completely. Uh, I don't care how much money you're getting paid. If you don't feel valued within your organization, Let's just talk about you guys, right? If you don't feel valued in your workspace, guess what you're probably doing? You're probably trying to find another workplace to, to, to go to. And that's, that's the human element of this, right? If I did not like it here, I wouldn't be sitting here for the next year just, well, I'm getting paid this money and this is just what I have to do and I'm just going about my daily life because they're paying me money and I just got to suck it up. No, that's bullshit. That's absolute bullshit. No, people will look for other opportunities if they don't feel valued in the space that they're in. Um, and I don't care how much money you're getting paid. I don't care if you're getting paid you know, 25 grand a year to $25 million a year. If you don't feel valued, you don't feel valued. And so, and I'm not saying that that's what's happening with DA. Uh, You know, I think there's a lot of different things that are going on with DA that there's a lot to unpeel with him for whatever reason. And I don't know what's going on with him and I'm not behind those closed doors and I don't know what, what is really happening on a day to day basis, but to sit there and say, that because he's getting paid $30 million, he's just got to suck it up and do it. Like there's a human element to this that also has to be acknowledged. You can't just dismiss it because he's getting paid $30 million. You don't get to treat people like shit, no matter how much you're paying them. Some of, the, some of the most unhappiest people are the richest. in the world, the ones with all the money. Yeah. When people don't have the amount of money that other people have, they tend to think that if they had it, that life would be great. No, it wouldn't. Just go read books on lottery winners in this country. Uh, Lottery winners in this country, a lot of them wish they didn't win the lottery because they come upon money so fast and then they had to deal with all the stuff around it. You're still human, man. You still can reach depression no matter where you stand in society, no financially or whatever. You're going to deal with it. 
So when people always want to bring up money, oh, he should be happy because he's making that. That has nothing to do with it, man. Trust me. Depression will hit you at whatever level you are. And you can be having the best things going for you, and it can hit you. So, no, you have to treat each person equally and try to figure them out past where you think they should be feeling because that's the biggest mistake that people think somebody should be feeling a certain way and they don't give them the attention that they deserve. And then you look up and they've done something to harm themselves and then you're feeling guilty. No, uh, everybody needs attention. And DeAndre obviously has had his issues and he's had his struggles. Uh, you have seen doing any course of the game. And, you know, I was a leader on team, so you, I always remind guys we had to be cognizant of it. Whereas, like, DeAndre could hear, like, during a timeout, he's walking to the bench, he's got three or four guys coming over to him off the team, telling him stuff. It gets to the point where it can get overbearing. And so you have to be really careful in how you handle it. And I think the great thing I saw last year when Kevin Durant came on board, I saw Kevin Durant – and maybe Key and Chris Paul had a conversation and he gave it over to KD and let KD handle it with DA. But I saw KD a lot of the times conversing with mm -hmm. uh, DeAndre during the course of a game. And it's always good to have a new voice, a guy that maybe you looked up to, you know, as a player in college and, you know, Kevin Durant's on his team and coaching you up and giving you that positivity. He needed that. Uh, and he still needs it. You know, everybody's not the same. Everybody's not hardcore like Saul. You know, I can get on Saul all day long. Even though he hit cursed me out a week ago. Oh, oh my God, let it go. <laughs> we brought that up last week. Uh, but listen, I get it. I get it. Like, I'm not saying that Phoenix is the best place for DA by any stretch of the imagination. I, I acknowledge that maybe a change of scenery might do him some good. But I'm just saying, like, at the end of the day, it's it's not just as easy as he's getting paid this, so he needs to be able to deal with this. And I'm sorry you had to deal with that that last job you had, P Dog Double Six, uh, for <laughs> for five years before you finally said, "Fuck it, I'm out." <laughs> but but that's not all of us, and some of us move on quicker than that. So I just want to say that out loud. Uh, before we move on to our next topic, uh, I do want to uh, give a shout out to our good friends over at OGsBrands.com. Uh, they are fantastic. One of the best edible companies and really just one of the best companies in the game. Uh, they do such a great job of uh, really marketing themselves out there. If you've seen their commercials, you've seen their Instagram, they're fantastic. The people over there uh, are a million percent awesome. So you should check them out. Uh, the edibles are fantastic. I've gone on and on and on about them. Uh, they got new brands that are dropping. They got a new lemonade one that's coming up here, I think on the 21st of June. Uh, just fantastic, fantastic edible brand. Uh, I've almost got Eddie to the point where he might try one. So it's fantastic. But if you want to check out the nearest dispensary to you to get one, go to OGsBrands.com. And remember, you must be 21 and over. And also, uh, I will be out at the NBA Summer League because what else do we have to do over here? Are you going to go to the NBA Summer League? Normally, I work the NBA Summer League, but uh, I will be uh, returning from Europe, so I don't oh. know. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, some people you. got to go on Good vacation. I mean, I man. feel you. I feel you know, you. I, the basketball just, I can't just be drowned in it I nonstop. You. I got you. Okay. Well, but we'll, I love the summer league. We'll, if you if you don't, if you haven't had a chance to go to summer league, go. Well, speaking, it's, it's, it's unreal. Speaking of which, if you do want to go, we got this fantastic uh, new trip. Uh, that uh, through our friends over at Sports Trips America, that you can come join us out in NBA Summer League. It's a it's a full fledged package, uh, no travel involved because here in Arizona we could just drive over there, so we don't really need uh, flying options. But hotel rooms, uh, you know, you can come to our special event that we're going to have, uh, and it's going to be fantastic. Three nights, four nights, however long you want to stay. We have different packages. Go to gophnext.com and click on events and go down to Summer League, and you can see all the different prices. We got different tiers, uh, and it's just fantastic. It's going to be a great time. So if you want to come check it out, we'll be at Circle Las Vegas too. So if you want to come check us out over at Circle Las Vegas, we're going to be hanging out uh, at that stadium swim. So hey, that'll be fun. Yeah. Watching some of those summer great, league games. Great, out by great two weeks. And I'm telling you, it is 
I mean, I've gone for the last, what, 10, 12, 13 years. It's uh, networking heaven there. If, yeah, if yeah. you've never been, I'm talking about like you're walking around the concourse and you're going to run into NBA coaches, you're going to run into players, you're going to run into Shams and Woj, you're going to run into the whole gamut. It's an NBA delight. It's one of the best events of the year. Uh, and yes, Espo will be blazed. I promise you that. We will be out there. Uh, partaking in some OGs while we watch Ish Wainwright take some threes again. No, so uh, You gonna take notes while you <laughs> of course. No, this is a networking event. This is this is this is where we make all our money. So uh you can come check us out. Have a good time. Again, go to gophnext.com, click on events and check out all the different prices available. Uh last night the Denver Nuggets took care of business, got back in front in this series two to one. Uh we won't go too long on the Nuggets. But I, I said earlier that, you know, and I got scorched by Denver Nuggets fans because I said that Jamal Murray was the head of the snake for for the Denver Nuggets. And the reason why I said that was because Jokic is always going to get his. He's too damn good of a player and too versatile to not get his. But if you stop Jamal Murray, then you have a chance to beat the Denver Nuggets. And every game that D- D- uh, Jamal Murray has gone off on, they have won and kind of won convincingly, especially in the second half. Jamal Murray with a triple-double, 30-point uh, triple-double, and Jokic with a 30-point triple-double, the first pair in NBA history to accomplish that feat. Uh, what, what was your overall takeaway from the game? No, I totally night? agree with you. It's not a surprise. Uh, you know, look, Jokic, over the last couple of years, when Jamal Murray was hurt, he had his struggles in regards to winning. And, you know, and I've said all along, I said, you know, a couple of years ago before the injuries happened uh, and they were in the bubble, I said the Nuggets are a very talented basketball team from top to bottom, could be the most talented in the league. (coughs) Excuse me. And so Jamal Murray is showing everybody how good he is. And that offense, yeah, is, is, is executed by Jokic, but it's ignited by Murray meaning that Murray's actions off of the ball coming into the space of Jokic in regards to the handoff, two-man game, ignites everything that happens after that because the defense has to adjust to Murray coming off because he is so good at and so potent, not only from three, but putting the ball on the floor, getting to the rim, and mid-range. So you have to be alert with him, and because of that, you're switching, you're doing all of this, and it allows Jokic to not be doubled and allows him to go and get very good position in the paint, and now when he catches it, it's over. And so, yeah, when Murray is playing well, they're very difficult to beat. That's a prime example uh, last night. Uh, I'm shocked Miami allowed him to come out and get started like he did. Then they started to trap him. Uh, By then, I thought he had his rhythm. It was too late. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, those two, when they're playing that well, they're not going to lose. Like, not to Miami. Now, if Boston had beaten Miami, I still think Boston would have a sincere chance of winning, even if those two went off. The Suns had a sincere chance of winning when those two went off. But Miami does not have the firepower to match both of those guys doing what they did. And I said before the series, if those two guys score 55 to 60 points, then Miami can't beat them. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened last night. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, that that. listen, those two, like to your point, I firmly believe that if those two are on – I, I I would even push back against the fact that maybe Boston could even compete because they're just they're just so damn good and because of the versatility of Jokic and how many things he can do to destroy you, it just makes the Nuggets are a tough tough they're a tough ass team to beat and we saw that during the series and I will say this too, let's go back to this because I feel like you know a lot of us maybe kind of just. We moved on so fast because we we got bounced so bad in that game six that we kind of forget the fact that we did beat the Nuggets twice. Now, it took a Herculean effort by Devin Booker. Let's not... Just so, but, but, it's not, but it wasn't an anomaly. No, we've it seen wasn't. many Herculean I, efforts by Devin. I, I'm so not, I'm not saying it was an anomaly. We, uh, Jokic had Herculean efforts. True. Okay, so points. I wouldn't even go there with yeah, Devin. Like right. we know that Devin is capable of doing what he did for sure, for okay. sure. But what I will say is, is that the Suns did beat them twice, and if they go on to win the NBA championship in five games, uh, the Suns will be the only team to beat them twice in this entire playoff run. And I think that's something that maybe 
we kind of glossed over and kind of moved by I did. A, little, a, little, a little too quickly. Suns would have beaten them. If Chris Paul does not get hurt, they win game two in Denver. They were up, they were up nine to ten points, yeah. and Chris Paul was playing well. Uh, and then, obviously, DeAndre in game six, so now you don't have Chris Paul and you don't have DeAndre. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I think the Suns would have gotten them. Most most people had the Suns winning that series, but you're not going to beat Denver when you got two key players out, mm-hmm. and and Chris Paul is one of those guys. So, uh, and I'm not making any excuses. Denver did what they had to do, but the Suns did play them extremely well, and that so far has been the only team. I still believe that Miami has a great chance of winning Game Four, and so now they'll have two wins. Uh, so that's just the way I look at it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, finally, before we wrap up, uh, I, I just want to say this, Eddie. We're not going to talk about Zion Williamson. And if you don't know, then I'm sorry to tell you, but you're going to have to go to Twitter and find out because I'm not talking about that mess today. <laughs> well, they won't know about Zion. I mean, oh. what? What restaurant he went to? What? Nah, I'll tell you off. I'll tell you after the show's over. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay. Oh, right, I know. Right, well, you know I'm what? Just... Look, I don't know why people always want to get in people's private life. Like, they're not trying to get in people's private life. The private life came to them. Well, because somebody saw it on Twitter. That's fine. <laughs> but I just, I just don't like. Everybody got like I can open up the closet of all you dudes on here that want to hear about it, and I, boy, I, I want to look in your closet. Oh man, stop, <laughs> man! Look, like I said, if it ain't nothing wrong with you, something wrong with you. My problem with guys is what they do on the court. And now if they do something off the court that affects the way they play, okay. But other than that, living your life, making mistakes, having your little things you like to do or get involved with, to me, <laughs> has nothing to do with me, man, as long as you do what you're supposed to do on the court. So all these guys are interested in what Zion is doing. You know, I don't understand. It's, it's, I'm not going to pass judgment on him. I just thought, Wow. All his business is just being thrown out there like that. And that was a uh, young guy. He's learning. Whew. Look, the guy walks out of his door. He can get what he wants. Yeah, clearly. Now, All right. That's why I would like those people <laughs> that like criticize him. Put yourself in that situation <clears throat> to know you can walk into any public environment and get attention and don't have to work for it. How would you be? Yeah. So Damian Lillard <laughs> was on a podcast the other day talking about potential landing spots if he were to get traded. Everybody keeps saying Damian Lillard is going to be traded to the Knicks. Damian Lillard's going to be traded to the Heat. Damian Lillard should be traded to the Celtics. Damian Lillard's going to be traded to the Nets. If one of those trades went went through out of those teams which one would you be like ah that's not too bad (laughs) Miami obviously (laughs) 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 Miami is the obvious one and Bam is my dog Bam is my dog for real but I mean I think Miami the obvious one Brooklyn is obvious one is another obvious one because Mikael Bridges is my dog too so I mean and both and both are you know capable have capable and that last part is what got everybody like, oh, Mikhail, Mikhail, you know, obviously because Mikhail Bridges, former Phoenix Sun, um, Damian Litter just letting it all loose like, hey, you know, hey, Miami, Brooklyn. Uh, there's been other rumors, you know, I he- I've heard Boston is in the mix and all this other stuff. I don't know if Damian's ultimately going to get traded from Portland unless he makes that mandate. But uh, Damian Lillard. I think this kind of speaks to the new era of of athlete too. Is that he was just kind of, hey, this is what it is, and I, I kind of I appreciate that from him. To be honest with you, I like to hear what other players think about other organizations and why they. You've would never heard that from Dame Lillard until now. You've the only thing you've ever heard from Damian Lillard is I'm not going anywhere. I love Portland. I'm not joining. Uh, I want to be here. I don't need to go chase a championship. And all that time when Damian, who's always very nice and cordial with me, and I love him as a player, I love him as a person. I think I've interviewed him a ton of times, and I just think he's one of the better leaders in the league. 
But the one problem I've always had with him is his insistence that, oh, I'm not going to join, I'm not going to leave. And I would always tell guys, man, like he's going to go down as one of the greatest players ever at his position, right, based on what he's done, scoring-wise and all of that. But ultimately, he'll be sitting around as an old man, and he'll say, did I do everything I was supposed to do to help myself win a title? Because that's ultimately what you would like to experience. And for me, it's like you you can do that anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't I understand the allegiance part, but I also feel like it goes both ways. And play I I was traded four or five times. Where was the allegiance there? Like it's a part of the business and I don't think teams have a problem with it. I think sometimes players get stuck in it. Oh, I'm going to play with the same team and I'm not going to go do this and I don't need help. Everybody needs help in this life. Damian Lillard needs help. He's not going to win a title with him being the head. That's not an indictment on Damian Lillard. It just so happens there's only a handful of players in the history of this game that could help really lead a team to championships. Yeah. Okay? That's just the way it is. And it's not an indictment on you. It's just, it's hard to do. It's one of the most hardest things to do is to win a title, to circumvent 30 teams, have a great record. You got to win 16 games to win a championship. And it's, so it's not easy. And so now he's finally reached the point that I've been hoping he got to, to where he actually is giving the Portland Trailblazers an open door to trade him. That's all they wanted. They weren't going to trade Damian Lillard when Damian Lillard kept saying he didn't want to leave. He is an icon in Portland. Yeah. But now, since it's okay, because they're not going to maybe build around him like he would like, now he's good with it. And I'm happy for him. You know, I really am, because he's too dynamic a player to not have a chance to play on the biggest stage. Yeah. And so wherever he goes, you know, I'm just glad that he's opened that portal for Portland to go ahead and do it and now wouldn't face the vitriol that they would face if they did it and Dame came out and said, well, I didn't want to leave or, you know, I didn't, you know, they did me wrong. Yeah. Now it's an even feel. And so I expect, I expect Damian Lillard to be playing for somebody else. It feels next like year. it feels like it just took him a little while to come to that reality, and once it kind of set in that, yeah, it, it, as much as I want to clamor for this or I want this to happen, like Portland was just not going to make the necessary moves to in order to to build a, a, a level of a camp, championship contender for Damian Lillard. Um, as they stand right now. Not that they haven't tried, it's just it hasn't come through. And so I, I think Damian Lillard deserves, like you said, to win a championship or at least compete for a yes. championship at a high level. He got close in the bubble, but it was it was kind of fool's gold. It wasn't really like, like did he really have a chance? No, he really didn't have a chance in that series. And so. he's not going to get free agents up there. Yeah. It's like, it, it, you know, Even though the, Portland's a nice place to live. It, right, man. Oh, I guess I hit a nerve. No, you didn't hit a nerve. I, I, I lived in Seattle for three years. I would have made Seattle my home. It's nice, right? It rains too damn much, man. <laughs> it rains. And then there's no summertime, man. There's no seasons up there. No. I I, I couldn't live there. I, I love to visit there. Don't get me wrong. I do think it's a beautiful city, without a doubt. But if you're a free agent, are you going to choose to go to Portland? No. Ain't no offseason. There ain't no, no season I, like it. Go ahead. Did he, he lives in Arizona, and he said there's no seasons in Washington. This is true. There's no seasons here. Well, well, just... let, let me correct you. Let me correct you on that oh. statement. Okay? Really? So <laughs> what does the temperature get down to in the wintertime here? Here. 30s. 50s. Oh, no. 50s. The, you, we're not talking lows. Well, I'm saying Don't talk lo- lows, because lows last like two hours. Uh, in Phoenix, lows last two hours. How long have you been living here? 26 years. No, but the lows don't last two hours. Are you kidding me? You're talking to a golfer, okay, that's out there playing for four damn hours in the wintertime, and it's about 40 degrees, 38 degrees. That's not true, all right? So you do get cold, right? And you do have a fall, all right? All right, you do have – oh, you don't have leaves falling off, but you have a fall. You do. It's 
55, 60 degrees. That's the most perfect time. That's not summer. That's not summer. <laughs> okay. And then you have the heat of the summer. Okay. But guess what? The one thing that you always got is sun. Too much of it. Oh, no, 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 no. No, you no, must no. be crazy. No, that, that's spoken like a person that has not lived crazy. it very it for a very crazy. long extended period of time you must elsewhere. You crazy. I sure. will take, you yeah. move to Chicago and then call me up. You'll have me come help you <laughs> get out no of there. I've got no desire to move to Chicago. <laughs> okay like then. So, out. okay then. So, that's why you, that's, that's why this place here is as near perfect as Hawaii. <laughs> to me, Hawaii is the most perfect place for weather. And this place, to me, is a close second. I'll take the heat. I go in the air condition. That's what we in now. How you feel? The chat agrees with me, Eddie. That's how all you I feel. Say. <laughs> well, that's because they don't live here. See, if they when they when if they didn't live here, then yeah, they're gonna say, "Oh, it's 115 there every day." Please, <laughs> man, I'd rather be here than shoveling snow anytime. There's a lot of people in the chat weighing in. Uh, uh, two uh, Ko says two seasons, winter and hot. Uh, Hello says the one season, uh, and then oh, the one guy says it's. Uh, it's is someone that lives in Chicago, 40 degrees is cold. He's wondering. But you got to understand something. The desert cold is a different cold. It's a different cold, yeah. dude. So to you, it might be 40, right? But I guarantee it's going to feel like about 25 when that desert cold gets up under your clothes. So you just go ahead and stay in my old hometown, Chicago. Keep doing what you're doing, okay? <laughs> All right. Ironically, his name is Eddie in the chat, which is funny. Do you have your phone on or something? No. <laughs> uh, he does say Chicago is the best summer city in the U.S. I don't know, I don't know about that. Hey. Man, look, I grew up there, dude. <laughs> okay. Trust me. I love the city, but you're going to tell me uh, at nighttime, humidity is 100%. Mosquitoes are out biting you, and you know they was always on EJ because you know, I, you know it's that good, you know, good taste they got the mosquitoes. Man, please, Are you kidding me, man? I take a shower and I'm sweating as soon as I turn the water off. And you gonna talk about no, no, stop. Uh, Venomage in the chat. No, there's a lot of guys are boring talk about basketball, not the weather. Uh, we've been talking about basketball for the last fifty. Get out of here! Then. Sorry, you just joined the show, Venomage. Bye. Get out of here. Get out of here. Nobody care. And speaking of getting out of here, that's our time. We're all done for the day. Uh, you can follow this guy over at on Twitter at Jumpshot8. Uh, Jumpshot8 on Twitter. I'm getting ready to go out in the 99 degree temperature and, right and, now. And on Instagram. You can follow me uh, both spots as well at Saul underscore Bookman. And, uh, you haven't gotten too dark in the summer, though. What's wrong with nah, you? Nah, because I'm in here all the time. I'm putting in work on a day-to-day -day basis. You I can follow it. my guy on SiriusXM Radio, NBA Radio. It's tan, I got it. Look how light I am. I'm how dark you are. Look at this. Look at this. It's bright. Now it's the bright. bright. The problem is, look at it. Look at the definition. Show you up again. I got a little definition, man. Come on, man. I'm not a slouch, man. I'm not a slouch. Anyway, that's been fun. We'll see you all there. Peace.